Welcome to the EFA Actions podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn Fletcher, CEO and founder of Get a Grip of the Grind. This podcast explores the actions of ordinary women as they realize their big and small ambitions. Tame fears, get more out of life, or reignite your vibrancy. These women are truly mavericks in their own worlds. Listen to their stories as they follow their dreams and reshape their lives to be more satisfying for them. Our next guest is Sarah DeWolf. Now, I've known Sarah for quite some time as we're members of the same triathlon squad, which is uh, coordinated by an amazing coach, uh, Coach Teddy. And Sarah and I were heading off for our usual Thursday morning run squad, and it just happened to be the two of us this time. We usually chat as we run to the track. And on this particular morning, Sarah started having a little cry. And the story you're about to hear unfolds from there. So I just want to have a chat with you and it's up to you how much you choose to share knowing that this is a podcast about how you got connected with to get a grip of the grind. Sure. I guess initially I obviously got connected with it through you um, as we are training buddies. I was really curious about the concept. I love the idea of doing something to step outside of my comfort zone. The other factors were I love Bright and any excuse to get up there and have a few days away with some other like-minded women and do stuff that scared the bejesus out of me. And I was just curious to know about the workshops and whether I could, you know, what I would um, take away from them. And it definitely exceeded my expectations. But the fact we had amazing, amazing weather both years that I've been definitely helps. But yeah, it's a it's a very special experience. It's probably the best way of describing it. Was there anything going on for you personally that kind of triggered the need to go to the festival or was it just that the concept of the festival looked really attractive? Well, I guess I'd had one of those, um, I had a meltdown moment a few years prior, which you thankfully helped me sort of work out the path I was then going to take. I guess being a a stay-at-home mum for, it seemed like a million years which is really necessary thing of what I had to do for my family. Three kids, husband whose job took him um, away a lot of the time. It was always decided I was going to be the one that's going to stay at home and that was fine. But then in trying to find out what it was that I wanted to do, what was important to me, I, I was stuck. I was stuck, I was frustrated, starting to get resentful. And having that epiphany after talking to you, led me to the, to decide to take up nursing as a as a career and i think the first time i came to get a grip of the grind i was still yeah still an undergraduate so still about to try and work out where i wanted to go post my degree what type of nursing i wanted to do and i guess some, it helped cement some ideas in my mind as to of how that was going to look like yeah all sorts of things going through my head but i think for a lot of us women who are going through perimenopause, menopause, which throws up a whole load of other issues in your head anyway, going somewhere where you can talk to other women like-minded and almost get a handle on things is, was invaluable. So if we um, go back to that time you had that breakdown, it ended up being the two of us that morning having a run. Yes, thank God. Because you normally don't stop talking, do you? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm normally the, yeah, not a shy retiring type. I like to have a bit of a chat. Although the other Sarah we run with can talk through wet cement. She makes me look like a oh, flower. Yeah, yeah. I think she'd win the Olympic award uh, or world yeah. championships in that. You'd sense that something was up. And I think I said, I think I burst into tears. And um, yeah. I was beyond frustrated. Um, yeah, just did not know where to start, how to how to even begin begin to work out what the hell I was going to do with my life post. As my eldest, she was finishing year 12 at that point. I'd done the bulk of the child rearing and I, it was my turn. But what the hell did that look like for me? So thank God I had you there to talk to. Um, you helped me mop up my tears, told me to put my big girl pants on and we carried on having a run. And <laughs> I think we yeah. did one lap. We did one lap of the track. And I just went, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and then we <laughs> toodled home the 5K and I went, right, we, we need to catch up yes, later in a, in a different environment. Um, but I also want to, you know, look at the context for you because I, I agree with you. There's a lot of things happening for women at this time or this juncture because you'd not had a career for 16 years. A long time. Yeah. Longer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last century, I was a lawyer, London insurance broker before I got married and had children. And just circumstances that never really worked since we had our family, just because we moved countries, moved continents. And yeah, so I, I had no idea what I was possibly going to do. No idea. And, and despite, you know, being that primary carer at home, which you did, and I don't know what sort of discussion you had with your partner because sometimes I'm not quite sure that discussion is had there's just an assumption that the woman takes on the primary care responsibilities mm. uh, in that situation but you had a very active personal life at that point in time too because you were a you're in a nutcase triathlete yes. that was my outlet so that, that helped yeah. me deal with all the frustrations of not knowing what my life was going to look like post all this being at home and yeah that was that was my thing for me that I had goals I I was driven you know we're part of the same squad we have an amazing yep. coach who who really helps us yep. get the best of ourselves and that she gets the psychology as well as the the need yeah, for the goals does. I think yeah and and she always makes sure that whatever we do fits in with our family life our routine our work whatever it is so she really gets the best out of us and that that for me was I mean I clung on to that like a life raft that was that was for me, that was something that I could do, I could take pride in. It was an outlet, it kept me busy, because as you know, you know you're, you're trying to work out how you can fit in all these training sessions, how to fuel properly for it, all the, um, the, the rehab, the physio, the keeping yourself in one piece, just so you can push yourself to the nth degree. And then manage the logistics of running a, a household with very active kids, diverse yes. needs and schools and you're actually quite committed like most parents in that space i mean you knew that was your primary absolutely <laughs> and you're about the same age as me so we tag and tail sometimes through the age group so i know i always hate it when you come up into my age group so <laughs> <laughs> yep i'm on your tail um, i know damn it yep. and then i'm on yours yeah and then Fun you're time. on mine so yeah it's quite yep. funny but that convergence of age, kids leaving home, the empty nest, yeah. haven't, haven't given up quite a good career in the UK just due to circumstances, not, not actually had a career in your own right. I know when I, um, actually when I had my first baby, because I had a, a PhD in chemistry, which not a lot of people really know, but 
I remember going into the Centrelink office here in Australia and they, I just I felt like I was being treated like dirt and I was relegated down to just being a mum dragging a baby around the place. And I found that really, really hard for me. So there's that whole identity crisis, I think, that actually yeah. happens. Do you remember much about what we did? Because it would be a lot more raw for you and real, I guess, yeah. around I trying to work out what, what the hell you were going to do with the rest of your life. I remember we were sitting in the brown cow having having lunch together, coffee, lunch, because it's always very important to have food and drink together. Yep. And Comfort and, food. <laughs> yes, always about the belly. And it was about looking at what my my values were and what my strengths were. You, you sort of, you, and I you kind of, I knew what I didn't want to do. I knew I didn't want to be in a nine to five job. I knew I wasn't that fussed about being in office. I, I, as much as I like routine, I don't, you don't want to be stuck doing the same thing. And it was like, well, where, you know, what are your values? And I knew I didn't want to be a CEO. And I knew for me, the most important thing was making a difference um, and making a difference in, in somebody else's life. Um, money, as much as it, it, you, know, you need money, that wasn't my driving motivator. And you asked me loads of different questions and really started to think about what it was that was important to me. Could I see myself being in charge? Am I better off being in a support role? Am I working with a big team of people? Am I working on my own? Stuff that I'd never really thought about because I was too busy focusing on what I was actually going to do. And once I'd worked out what my values were, it kind of made the stepping stones to having that massive epiphany and that massive light bulb going on over my head, it made it that much easier. And I think you lent me a book, um, which again threw up all these questions. And it was once I'd worked out that making a difference to somebody's life um, and that my interest definitely, I'm a, I'm a nurturer, I'm a carer, I'm a very tactile person. I remember, yeah, and I'd agree, because I do remember having some of these conversations with you and what picture was in my head I don't think I ever had this chat with you was um, when I did my first Ironman which happened yeah. to be Melbourne Ironman you were volunteering at the finish line mm -hmm. do you remember this yeah. yes I remember yeah. catching it you caught me <laughs> you <laughs> caught me and you were I'm getting emotional just thinking about it you were so awesome um, in that space so when you were and I, I was trying to help you to work out what you wanted to do some of it was easier for me because i've had a history with you yeah. and i had seen you in different situations and i knew you really enjoyed being there for people and checking in on them and that you seen you with your family too you were very committed to them as individuals and their particular needs and trying to get their outcomes out so i think when you had that view not that i would have been directing you but it was easier to work out that a nine to five process orientated job was not going to suit you yes correct that it needed human interaction um, yes. and that it needed uh that human contact where you could see some tangible difference in what you were doing yeah absolutely um, it was a massive epiphany when I worked out it wasn't going to be office based. It wasn't necessarily nine to five. It had to have that human interaction. I've always liked medical stuff. And it was just that bingo, nursing. It is so perfect for me. There are so many different branches of nursing I could go into. Um, I can avoid all the stuff that makes me a bit squeamish. I mean, once you've had children, I think, you know, you tend not to be too phased by a lot of things. Um, I know, but my husband still can't cope with poo anywhere. You'd oh really? Been, yeah, you think he'd have been oh. over that after he had to change a few nappies, but he still he still has a meltdown when there's a floater left in the toilet. Oh. 
Oh God, yeah, well, yes. I'll tell you a few horror stories, but I won't. I uh, that doesn't bother me. That really doesn't faze me too too much. And I actually, I really enjoyed the learning. So once I made that decision, that 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 it really was a massive epiphany, and the relief of of knowing that you've made a decision that is so it felt so so right i felt so connected to that decision that it was the right one for me i love the learning can i tell you i just love the learning and that having that curiosity about interest and learning about everything just i loved it i was one of the, i hope i wasn't one of those annoying mature age students at uni when you know in the corner always being the first to answer stuff but it, i loved it i loved it just a couple of questions then i guess from me the learning aspect was new to me because obviously I know we touch base and we chat but we tend to chat a little bit more about mundane stuff and you're always very focused because you've only just qualified as a nurse it's been three years is it three years uh, as an undergrad so yeah I finished my degree December I actually should have um it should have been my graduation ceremony on Monday just gone so yeah well there we go COVID and a lot of things for people but the love of learning has that reconnected with something that you used to do a lot of in your earlier years? I I don't know, I've got a a good cure. Things I'm passionate about, I love knowing. I mean, the same with triathlon. I mean, I was really interested in all the nutrition aspects, in, in getting the most out of performance, understanding. I like to know how things work. And when you're dealing with a human body, pathophysiology, looking at how drugs interact in the body and understanding how the body systems all interact, I like having that foundation knowledge. It helps me put together a picture of what's going on within somebody else so I can actually help them. Um, yeah. I can understand why we're doing what we're doing. That, that hasn't changed and I've still got a, a heap of learning to do in my current role. Oh, it'll um, never stop for you, I guess. It'll never stop, absolutely. So, I'm really curious to find to find out what your family and friends thought about your announcement that you were going to become a nurse. Ones that stuck out the most, I think, was Burn, one of our um, yep. teammates. Yeah. She just went, "Oh my God, so perfect!" If I was coming around from an operation or anything, I want you next to my bedside, and that was just—it was so nice. Wow. To hear. Yeah. There was. It was validation. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody I spoke to or said, this is what I'm going to do, were so supportive and just went, yep, completely perfect for you. Such a shame they hadn't said something bloody five years ago. <laughs> I would have done it a lot sooner. Yeah. <laughs> we probably weren't doing enough runs at that point, maybe. Five years ago, plus the three, so eight years ago, you were in a very different environment. You were focused on what your goal was at that point in time, which was to look after your children and your family to get them through to hopefully fly away to a point but I think they're actually all at home with you at the minute are they absolutely you can't see that (laughs) no no and that's for other reasons but um so eight years ago you would have been in a very different space and you would have like a lot of us do and this is an analogy for some of the endurance events you just knuckle down and get on with it don't you and you go this is it yeah how it's going to be and I just have to put one foot in front of the other and feed myself and pay attention to, you know, the key metrics that I need to pay attention to and just keep things moving. And it wasn't, I think, until you could see that they were starting to leave home and also, which happened to hit around the time of menopause, which is a fucking nightmare um, (laughs) at the best of times for people. And I know (laughs) we we all get affected by it differently. That all then came to that head that morning that we were going for our Thursday morning run session. It just happened. Thank God you were there, seriously. It was, because I think I'd been thinking about things on and off over the years, and it was almost in that too hard basket. And it was just like, 
you know, you go around in circles. What job could I do that could fit in with the kids? Okay, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, I could never think of anything. And so I just kind of gave up. That's an interesting um, point you make around, you know, it just ends up in the too hard basket. And it's, it's a victim attitude that a lot of people have. It's almost like when you're, you're standing on the edge of the water and it's a cold day. And it's that anticipation of fear of actually just getting in and getting on with it. Yeah. Rather than standing there and going, oh, no, I think this is actually going to be too cold. I'm not even going to try. And the admirable yeah. thing for you, Sarah, whether you realize it or not, is that you just went out and you just fucking did it. I and did. I have <laughs> at, at your age, um, it demonstrates it is not impossible. And if you wanted, you can okay. win it. And I know you worked damn hard to make it work for you because it was also a long time since you'd actually done formal study. Oh. Oh my God, I had to prove that I could actually still study again, even though I've already got a degree from the last century. I had to, yeah, sit a test to prove I could still do tertiary studies, which was kind of amusing. That's part of that self-doubt. So I know you had to do it for the course. Yes. But there's a self-doubt there too, when you go back to doing something you haven't done for a long time. Can yeah. I, yeah, can I do this? You know, you go, well, yeah, I hope I can do this. And then as soon as I've done sort of the first essay or so, I went, yep, I can definitely still do this. You're going to back yourself as a bottom line. If you want something badly enough, and I did, I so wanted to do this. You just, you, as you said, you just dive in head first and just sort of keep going. Did you learn anything about yourself or your immediate, uh, let's say, crew that were supporting you on your dream? I don't know. I think um, it was it was nice to know my brain still works, that it hadn't sort of atrophied after <laughs> you know, lack of use for being at home. Um, I did get tired, had to be said, because, you know, that your brain is a muscle and, and on, I don't think it had worked quite that hard for, for a number of years, but it was nice to know that it did. And yeah, I was the same as any other student, just obviously about 30 years older, but, you know, we won't go into that don't go into that but do go into that like what benefits were there because you were actually a mature student going in to do a nursing well, qualification that's right well it was, it, you always find i think you always find your tribe doesn't matter how old you are you find people that are like-minded and you know i had no i had no conception that or misconception that any of these lovely students were gonna you know immediately be, be my best friend and what we would want to go out drinking every friday night i wasn't interested in that didn't need to do that but in terms of finding like-minded people, I certainly found them on my course. And they, a lot of them assumed that I knew what I was doing. I think because I was that much older, they just kind of assumed that I had all the answers, which I said was really deeply flattering, but seriously, don't, don't rely on me. I said, this is what I think is gonna be the answer, but it's such a cliche, but yeah, it, but so true. Having life experience definitely counts for something. So you can look at a, an issue or a problem and, and you work through it in a logical way. Some of my student co colleagues thought the same, would yeah, would, would come to the same conclusion together. But yeah, they looked at me as if as somebody that knew what she was doing, which I think is great. And it's even now at work with the other grads, they assume that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm laughing. I know I'm not laughing out loud and I shouldn't be laughing, but I all, you know, I think that's a, a really, important point to note that you can't underestimate all those life experiences and situations that you've been in when you go back to do something like this at that mature level and i was actually talking to a mutual friend of ours this morning she was commenting on the difference between your ability to read and interpret questions and information versus mm -hmm. um 
a younger person's ability to read and interpret questions because you just had that mature experience, not necessarily to yeah. be able to read between the lines, but to actually interpret and understand the content there, which is something that, you know, we forget we have learned and we have acquired. Yeah, because absolutely. Of, because of our age. Well, you know, you've got more of an understanding of how the body works. You know how much time and money we spend at the physio and having massage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. a better understanding of, of what the body's capable of. That definitely, that definitely helped to an extent. So what's your new normal look like now, Sarah? What have you had to adjust in your world now that you're a fully-fledged paid nurse? Getting paid. Oh, that's such that is such a revelation. Honestly, after being a student and working eight hundred hours unpaid, to finally get actually get paid for what I'm doing is oh, that first paycheck, wow, not huge obviously because students uh, nurses don't get paid much, but such a great experience. Um, the new normal for me, so yeah, starting a grad year nursing in the middle of a global pandemic is possibly not ideal, but um, <laughs> no, and it's not really a normal situation. I mean, things at work are changing. It evolves pretty much every day. There's something new coming in and that's fine. You have, it's like anything, you have to learn to be adaptable. You have to be adaptable. And I think being a new grad, we are adaptable. I very much rely, my colleagues, there is so much support where I'm working. It's not funny. And I think I'm old enough to know what I don't know. I ask a million questions and that's that's something I've been, I guess, complimented on. I do sort of sometimes apologize to some of my colleagues that I ask a zillion questions. And I went, Nat, there's no such thing as a silly question. Rather keep asking than try and do something and, and you know, the consequences could be quite severe for a patient if you don't ask questions. So yeah, my new normal is I'm on a shift system. So I work in my, a mixture of AM and PM shifts. We don't do night shifts for the first, I think, four to six months. So my new normal is pretty much, I never know what day it is. I could have two days off in the middle of the week and that's my equivalent of my weekend. It's a massively steep learning curve. I work with some very acutely unwell uh, patients. So as a new grad, it feels like I'm a baby bird. I've just been booted out the nest and told to fly. Fly or hit the ground with a big bird. Oh, well, you're gonna fly. I know that for sure. Yeah. I am flapping my little wings as hard as I possibly can. I will, there is loads of support, but there is no substitute for experience. And you only get experience by being on the job, asking a gazillion questions. I was in tears at the end of my first day. It was really overwhelming. I've been in tears twice more since then. Once after the a patient of mine passed away very unexpectedly and it was a little bit traumatic, but I have support. What's it like at home? Is there a new normal at home as well? There were so many people in the house, it's ridiculous. So at the moment, there's four of us at home because I'm not at work today. So my middle one's out at work. My eldest is working from home upstairs. My youngest who's doing year 12 is working in the front study. And my husband who unfortunately didn't, he was on the verge of signing a new contract just before the coronavirus um, hit and that has been put on ice. So he's at home. So he, he's, he's chief uh, cook and dog walker at the moment. And you're the primary income earner. Yes, which is hilarious. So I know um, our relationship in terms of get a grip of the grind and uh, working together from that viewpoint started from your um, our little cheery lap around the track. But if you were talking to people about get a grip of the grind or the programs or the work that we do, what would you say to those that are thinking about attending, you know, the festival yeah. or the retreats? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Look, it, it's such a great experience. It, it certainly gets you out of your comfort zone. I'm an outdoorsy sort of person anyway, and any excuse to head up to Bright. I mean, what's not to love? The scenery is amazing, great cafes, great coffee. The chance to try activities you'd never normally do. Abseiling caving. I don't like heights and I don't like being stuck in confined spaces. I remember doing that the first festival uh, we did. And the exhilaration that you feel doing something that is that does make you feel uncomfortable and you're with other women and it's such an icebreaker to talk to them to find out their experiences why they are there i guess it feels like a bit like a little bubble where it's a safe space that you can explore issues you listen to other people i've always found it a really worthwhile experience in terms of what i've learned at the festival and, and in terms of having a few just a few days away running away from everything here um, and having a few days away up and bright it's it's it's, uh, it's a no-brainer I know, because I know you go up a couple of days, at least a day earlier, oh, drag absolutely. drag a couple of girlfriends with you and yes. get some sneaky training in around the um, roads up there and maybe some mountain biking now that you've had a taste of that. Oh yeah, I nearly, I, I nearly not, not quite killed myself. I, I borrowed Burns bike, went to Wilson Field and I- uh, Did you? Yes. Um, oh. That was before, before the restrictions really came down. So that was the end of March. And yeah, I'd, I'd like to have some lessons. I was thinking of you actually when I was mountain biking, I'm going, I'm so out of my comfort zone at the moment because it was a little bit challenging parts of Listerfield. And then I came off when I went over some tree roots. <laughs> oh no. Went, yeah, yeah, towards the end. And I really, I shook myself up a little bit and I went, okay, big girl pants on, big breath. You can do this. It's finding a flatter a fire trail to get back to the car. <laughs> But it's that, like it's that pretty, pretty comfort zone. That's where you get to the grip of the grind is so, so good. Out of the comfort zone physically and mentally, I guess. Just trying to work out what is really important to you and what needs to change. Because otherwise you wouldn't yeah. be there if things didn't need to change. Yes, and that's the whole intent and purpose of it is, you know, to give that escape so you get yeah. that time to invest in you and our mix of adventure activities is to try and help people realize that they've got skills and confidence that they might have forgotten they had and also to reignite that sense that you're talking about there the exhilaration you feel when you've actually achieved and done some of those activities because they are a bit hairy some of them and walking away with some commitments and goals to adjust afterwards so thank you so much for sharing as much as what you have done and we hope that having other women going through similar situations because we're not unique. I know it feels unique to us right now and what's happening for ourselves, but there are many other women in similar situations to us that they get some uh, learnings and also some courage to go and chase their dreams and redefine their lives when they need to. Sarah ended up in the wilderness and let's face it, we've all been there. We all take our turns. We've probably got a couple of more to go. But she did three things that pulled her out of that space. She sought help to work out what motivated her. And if we think about it, we all get a coach to help with improving our fitness or improving our technique or even, you know, helping us in the workspace. Why not get a coach to help work out what our career transition path needs to look like? Secondly, she took total control. She so thoroughly owned becoming accountable for her actions and how she wanted to shape the next 40 years of her life. Because I'm pretty sure Sarah is going to live till she's at least 80. And finally, Sarah actually dared to be bold in her mid to late 40s. Most of us might think that we're past it, but not Sarah. She still has several lifetimes to live. 
funnily enough, you know, when Sarah went and checked in with those that knew and understood her pretty well and let them know what career path she'd chosen, all she got was total validation of her choice and career. What a result. So, if you like what you hear, we've got plenty more to offer. You can join us for our monthly webinar chats called the IFA webinar series on the second Sunday of the month, starting the 10th of May. Come and meet us in person at our annual festival held on the last weekend in February in Bright. Or come and join us on one of our intimate retreats that we hold biannually. Our usual IFA series, which is a combination of talks and weekend warrior events. All of the details you can find on our website, getagripofthegrind.com.au or connect with us on our Facebook page and Instagram.